Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Good afternoon and welcome to the second hour of Tony Katz today. I am Tony Kennett. Uh, Think of that as TK, just lowercase. Uh, Joining me today is Ethan Hatcher. We're guest hosting today for Tony as he's out saving the world from all kinds of crime. (laughs) And speaking of saving the world from dumpster fires, we've got quite a serious dumpster fire to report on today. So the Hamilton County chapter of Moms for Liberty, which is a parental rights organization uh, that was listed as an extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, Uh, And uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, who uh, basically says that the Family Research Council is equivalent uh, to the uh, Ku Klux Klan. Uh, The Moms for Liberty group that the SPLC has also gone after, um, well, they kind of wrote a newsletter. And in the newsletter, in the top right-hand corner, is a quote. And it's a quote by Hitler that says... Um, if uh, he who can do who owns the children gains the future and uh, that's a quote that's been used in uh, politics for like 50 years now warning uh, individuals about what happens when the state gets control of children uh, that is literally been used across like several different countries warning of the evils of fascism uh, in controlling the youth of the future and that is apparently being used. The Indianapolis Star the, looks like their intern that kind of writes about Hamilton County. <laughs> she wrote this article and quoted the SPLC and made it look like the Moms for Liberty chapter was praising Hitler. Oh my God, they quoted Hitler. That means they must really like him. Except uh, everyone with over a fourth grade education knows that that quote is actually meant to warn individuals. Uh, here's what happens when you give the state control over your kids. Well, they did apologize Thursday morning and make the statement clear that they condemned Adolf Hitler and apologized for using the quote, uploading instead an explana- uh, explanation with further context. And let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here, Tony, because uh, now by all means, I do not think that Moms for Liberty is promoting fascist ideology. Before you play devil's advocate, though, I want to correct the timeline. So they released a an in-context statement they re-released the newsletter that had a little context statement that says basically what i just said yes and the indie star still ran the story later without adding that in they kind of like tried to fix it with a tweet later uh and then later on in the day um page miller the chair of that mom's property chapter apologized all right go ahead oh, they, up, the they updated the story because i pulled this from the indie star and saw them screenshot the added context as part of their story so that that was later updated by them good for them <laughs> you know a, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while okay um but but obviously i do think it maybe um was a little questionable to just 
pull the quote out of the wide blue yonder without further adding context. And while, yes, many people understand the context in which it was meant um, as a warning against uh, uh, the state's intrusion into parental rights, but that's why we reset topics of discussion all the time here as professional broadcasters on the radio. You have to familiarize people who are uninitiated into the conversation and just lay out a few basic facts. Uh, So I think you could totally use the quote. I don't think there are facts fascist organization, but maybe they should have included this context first where they said, and this is just from their page, context. The quote from a horrific leader should put parents on alert. If the government has control over our children today, they control our country's future. We the people must be vigilant and protect children from an overreaching government. Now, see, if you put that in there first, I don't think this is a story. And if it is, then it's even more wholly ridiculous than it already appears to be. Nope, nope, I don't think so. And here's Disagree. why. First of all, I don't think that, well, some people are stupid or, or unaware is, is a bad is a bad excuse. Uh, I think that's, no, that's not how that works. Again, everyone with over a fourth grade education should know that quote. It's in like several different history textbooks. By the way, who also quoted Hitler all the time without providing you context. Like they didn't say Hitler said this uh, right before Kristallnacht. Oh, and by the way, Hitler was a very bad person. No, Hitler's quote in and of itself is bad enough to let you know Hitler was a bad dude. And again, we're going to add this on as as well, the Biden administration, days before this newsletter came out, released a very big public information campaign that said they're not your children, they're our children. They're all of our children. And that kind of context is definitely a predicate for them putting this in there. Now, would I have published that that quote in the way they did? No, I wouldn't have. Okay. I think it was sloppily done, but... Okay, so you're agreeing with no, me. No, I'm not I, agreeing with you. I'm not saying you. the quote is bad. No, I'm not agreeing with you. you just said you wouldn't have published it in that way, which means that you, you agree with are the idea. Suggesting, adding context. You're suggesting they shouldn't have published it that way. What I would choose to do and what they are choosing to do are two completely different things. <laughs> Be doing differently. I think you can totally uh, use the quote and absolutely point to it as a horrific foreshadowing of uh, government manipulation and attempts to control our children and what that could lead to. Absolutely. You could use the quote, but clearly if you, they, no, you wouldn't the use reason it that, that way, I would not there's, have there's... used the reason that well, let me let me clear this up. Okay. The reason I would not have used the quote is because I do not compare my political opponents to Nazis. That is the reason why I don't use that quote. However, I think that using that quote that, again, anyone with over a fourth grade education should know that is not a quote praising Hitler. There has never been a Moms for Liberty group meeting and on record anywhere that has said, you know what we need to do? We need to own all the children. That has never been a thing any of them have said. (laughs) And it did not stop all of the left from all over Indianapolis and nationally from losing their mind and accusing them like Senator J.D. Ford, who started clutching his pearls and making it sound like that we had a lot of veterans die in World War II. How could they praise that? This is hate speech. How could they praise such a such a horrible man? No one was praising him, J.D. You're a liar, as usual. The gubernatorial candidate, the Democrat for Indiana, Jennifer McCormick right now, saying the same crazy nonsense. How this is hate speech. Also, no, the, the- it's not hate speech to criticize Hitler. This is ridiculous. Also, the chairman of the Hamilton County Republican Party jumping in, uh, Mario Maslamani, saying, I think Adolf Hitler is terrible, and I would never quote Adolf Hitler or the Nazis in any shape or form. Yeah, Mario's stupid. Mario's <laughs> stupid to say that. Mario knows better. Mario knows what that quote was about. Mario is trying to avoid some kind of political nightmare, but Mario has a habit of saying things that are unnecessary because Mario is not always the smartest man in the room. I would He's never consistently quote a Nazi. made mistakes like that. I would never quote Nazi you mean like the history books do 
We're supposed to analyze bad things that people like did in Lord history Voldemort. and use them to inform things later on. It's like Lord Voldemort, he who shall not be named. And in that, you give so much power to a person who died in shame and had to, had to kill himself then had his corpse mutilated so clearly he was on the losing side of history and we need to remember the scary things that government overreach portends you know people quote 1984 all the time it doesn't yeah. mean that you agree with big brother it means you are pointing out something in history that should give you warning signs now i would not have compared my political opponents to nazis that's where i draw that line i think that that kind of nazification of conversation happens way too much if you accuse everyone of being a Nazi, no one's a Nazi, that kind of a thing. So I, that's why I wouldn't have done so. The mistake that the Moms for Liberty chapter made was apologizing. And here's why. You only apologize for one thing, things that you have done that are wrong. You do not apologize for how someone else has taken something. If someone else is too stupid or too ignorant to gain context themselves, they need you to candy land, map it out with big giant kindergarten crayons, and you took it the wrong way, I don't have to apologize for that. That's not my fault that you don't know one of the biggest, most important trademark red flag history quotes of all time to portray how dictators operate. I I think that comparing quoting Adolf Hitler to 1984 is actually quite apt because you know what people say about 1984. It's supposed to be a warning, not a manual. Again, this is one of the, the issues with this story is that when they apologized, all of the criticisms that were made of them up until that point, and by the way, all the criticisms that the Indy Star kicked off, which is that they were actually praising Hitler and, oh, the SPLC was right. See, they're actually fascists. Once you apologize, people will think that, oh, that was true. Oh, so you apologize because you were caught praising Nazis. Oh, and that's what the national story has run. There have been fake tweets that have been made since then that are accusing the Moms for Liberty National chapter of talking about ensuring the safety of white children, which is ridiculous. It's a completely fake tweet, not real at all. And again, you have the left that is going bonkers over something that wasn't even at all praising the Nazis. You have the, the mayoral candidate of Carmel for the Democrats just making a fool out of himself. You have J.D. Ford, again, being a liar and making a fool out of himself. Again, it's a day ending in Y for JD, uh, whose entire identity is that he's some super social justice warrior man. And then you have all, again, Jennifer McCormick, who can't even get Henry County behind her, much less win the gubernatorial race. She just wants attention. This entire thing is a nothing burger, except Moms for Liberty apologized. Honestly, the most accurate reporting I've seen from this came from Vice. Came from Vice. Vice's headline says, Moms for Liberty chapter uses Hitler quote to scare parents. Correct. That's correct. They put the Hitler quote in there for shock value to say, hey, what the Biden administration's doing is eerily similar to what Adolf Hitler said. That, so, that's a true headline. So that's what you, they attempted to do. If you know you're leaning into shock value, then maybe a little bit more prudent context should have been exercised. And that's all person, we're saying. Were I the PR person for Moms for Liberty, this would have been my response. Dear idiots who can't tell a quote <laughs> that is warning people about Hitler-like actions, maybe pick up a history book signed Moms for Liberty local chapter. That would have been easy. And then they would have had nowhere to go because you are simultaneously condemning Hitler and his actions, comparing it to the Biden administration's overreach by saying that they're our children, not your children, and you're able to defer and make an updated statement that you cannot fake or move the way around. But instead, when you apologize, you think, you know, oh, I'm just going to apologize. Oh, this will just all go away. Never apologize for something like that because the left has never accepted an apology ever. And not even for things that should be apologized for, like Jim Lucas's drunk driving. But in this case, something that there was no apology necessary. 
It's this is the most silly nothing burger ever. And now you have people like Rhonda Elrich from Carmel crying on Twitter going, this is just how the Holocaust started last time. Ah! Stupid people, (laughs) stupid, stupid people that are stirring up fear mongering and are encouraging death threats. It's irresponsible. You're listening to Tony Katz today. Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kennett filling in. Stay tuned for more. Up next, we'll be telling you about uh, some more details surrounding the California bill, which would punish parents for not affirming their children's gender fantasies called it uh, a psychotherapist called it reckless and we'll get more into that coming up next stay tuned life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Tony Katz today, where we've been cataloging the steady slide into societal decay here on WIBC. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's Tony Kinnett. We're your square pegs in a round world filling in on Tony Katz today and producer Kylan doing a fantastic job running the board as always. So I got to tell you, I was really interested in seeing the segment that you kind of outlined here because this uh, is the story that I broke for the Daily Signal. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you you go ahead and set it up for us? I was going to mention that you helped break this story. Yeah, this is uh, some special stuff out of California, the most wholesome state in the union. Um, so California, AB 957, it was written by Representative, or excuse me, Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, and then uh, co-sponsored and amended by Senator, uh, State Senator Scott Weiner. Uh, and uh, this bill rewrites the California Family Code, uh, which would classify gender-affirming care, uh, which means uh, pretending that your child is something different than what they were born as and affirming that to them, uh, all the way up to and including things like medical transitioning and hormone sterilization. Uh, that is now an essential, that would be an essential need under the California Family Code, along with health, safety, and welfare, which means that if you don't provide gender affirmation to your kids, you would be guilty under the California Penal Code of child abuse. So that's where we're heading now and uh it is i mean it's drawing not just the ire of parents of every background and language over there in california uh, but also from some medical professionals as well yes actually drawing condemnation from a psychotherapist in ireland and we'll be getting into the comments of assemblywoman Lori wilson who actually said this could be applicable to children as young as seven let that sink in how gross we're talking about the surgical mutilation of developing bodies that have yet to even enter puberty well this is this is kind of the thing here the bill does not actually so like i should really say it's amending the california family code that's the bill does not specify what gender affirmation is, what it is not, and what ages it applies to. Again, you remember you have several California parents that have come out and said they knew that their child was transgender as early as like four or five weeks out of the womb. And which, of course, is ludicrous and very much so child abuse. Now that's going to be the California standard according to... To who? To the judge. There's nothing in the California Family or Penal Code that outlines this. There's no court precedent that sets this up. And 
again, if it's part of the California Family Code as the safety, health, and welfare of a child, that means that local businesses, hospitals, churches, whoever interacts with children could also be liable for child abuse for not affirming a child's gender. Imagine, if you will, for a second that you're a church, and on the bulletin board outside, you say, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. If a child is in the backseat of a car driving by and sees that sign and says that they felt that that has harmed them, technically, again, according to this California Family Code rewriting, that church with that sign could be liable for damages and child abuse to that child. And obviously, this is being called extremely reckless and a huge overreach by the California legislature and as recognized by psychotherapist Stella O'Malley from Ireland. A key aspect of the affirmative approach is that it's child-led. So it's not child-centered, it's moved beyond that to being child-led. So the child will lead the judge, the lawyers, the parents, the teachers, the therapists and any other involved adult in their life and the child will make the decisions and everybody around that child will be facilitators to the child's decisions. The kind of premise of this is the child knows themselves but anybody who knows children knows that sometimes they need guidance, they need help and they need the parents sometimes to say no that's not the right thing for you. I know you really want it and it's not the right thing in any context. And now for for uh, for the state of California to bring in a bill based on this new approach is so high handed and reckless. It's going to cause an awful lot of distress and it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. It's it's presumptive. Now, in addition to being a psychotherapist, Stella O'Malley also heads GenSpect, which is an organization that advocates for evidence-based approaches to gender distress. She's in an excellent position to do so because this woman experienced gender dysphoria herself as a child and like many children grew out of it. So she's speaking as the vast majority do, especially those who don't take hormonal treatments. Exactly. So she's speaking from experience. This is not an outsider's perspective here. This is somebody who not only deals with children, but has the lived experience, as the left is so want to say, of having done, had gender dysphoria and grown out of it. And this is really important. I had a lot of colleagues when I was a science administrator in Indianapolis Public Schools who would hypothesize and theorize what it might be like for someone that, you know, some random white lady from the suburbs who's trying to tell you all of the experiences from every person on earth from her, you know, wide pool of wisdom. Uh, but in this case here, there's a common sense element of parenting that most of the people listening to this program can relate to. So I, I have a daughter. She is young and she loves two things more than anything in the world. She loves Bear in the Big Blue House. She loves Bear in the Big Blue. Anytime that she hears that, you know, theme song kick on, she gets excited. I watched that in the 90s. I was a fan, too, when I was a kid. Yeah. And then she also really, really, really loves cheese. She does. She loves, like, string cheese. And so when we put her in her high chair, she says, cheese, oftentimes. And when we turn on the TV, she goes, Bear. Now, <laughs> the thing is, watching Bear in the Big Blue House and eating cheese is not the only things that she needs, despite the fact that that is always what she asks for. Parents, how many times have your kids told you that they want ice cream, they want dessert for dinner, for a meal? That does not make it healthy, and as a parent, you are there in part to guide them through not making bad decisions, even if the kid really, 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 really wants them. So in the case of the transgender nonsense... It is not necessarily a good thing for you to tell your child, yeah, you are kind of a two-spirit dog, superhero, Dora the Explorer, sweetie. 
that she said that to her five-year-old son. And you're hitting on the pernicious core of the issue, which is this child welfare would now be child led child directed and the assemblywoman who helped co-sponsor this bill and write it Lori wilson um said that under any circumstance oh, children there's the, there's the pearl clutch <laughs> should be affirmed at all times if you have a seven-year-old who's who's seven year old having again a pretend- i want to replay the clip there seven years old as young as seven so they are talking about prepubescent children you remember when you were seven years old and you were wondering if you were gay or a lesbian right right who, what seven-year-old hasn't thought about if they are transgender dog to spirit resetting that here's what she said if you have a seven-year-old who's who's talking about having a potential to say i being able to articulate that they believe that they are not the same gender um, as they are biologically then it should be affirmed and through care it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the care that they need to make that so they can begin to articulate that determination. But by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school. It doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. Shut up, silly woman. You're listening to Tony Katz today. Uh, We'll continue this conversation coming up on WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Uncomplicated, keep it simple, just work hard and be nice to people. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Katz today. The illustrious Katz stepping out. And your guest hosts, Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett stepping in. Thanks for listening. Producer Kylan on the board. Operating fantastically as always. We're continuing our conversation from the last segment, kind of discussing the general gender insanity that has moved up to the front of the conversation for much of the country because of how it, this topic seems to have engrossed so much of our culture. It's absolutely wild. In the last segment, you heard uh, Assemblywoman from California, Lori Wilson, who helped author the now infamous bill AB 950 which would change the designation in California family law and consider parents who do not affirm their children's gender identity as child abuse. So lots to consider there. Um, But we've also had hearings going on in the Senate this week. And, Tony, what really shocks me is how in it seems like less than really less than 10 years, because we'll also talk about uh, comments made by Serena Williams on David Letterman 10 years ago. um, And in less than that time, we now can't even recognize the difference or some people, I should say, can't recognize the difference between what men and women are. It's absurd and really stupid really really stupid and tiresome and i kind of find it irritating in addition to how pernicious and sinister it all really is well there was a common sense standard for all of human history that very very dedicatedly understood 
Men are men, women are women. There are some things that you cannot change. And that is basic biology in a nutshell. And yet all of a sudden we come around to the massive progressive swing into insanity when we start believing that affirmation and feelings are far more important than reality itself and how we cope with it. And so then you start putting uh, female athletes up against men who, while may have been 200th ranked in the world, male athletes are beating some of the best female athletes out there. And this is happening not only in in tennis, which we're going to talk about here in a second, of course, but this is also happening in in track, in swimming, in in all other kind like wrestling, uh, where there was a, a dude choking a girl out. Uh, sorry, he's identifying as a woman though, so it's right. it's, it's really just a female that struggle okay. session. Yeah, absolutely. And all of these kind of situations where we're supposed to toss out a verifiable understanding of biology, so that someone so basically so that we can ignore someone who's clearly going through a mental illness we have now marched so forward in the era of super feminism they are actually going to bat for men being able to hit women and again this is <laughs> the really funny part about you saying that is that Dear john God. hopkins released a definition not too long ago that says that no longer is a gay individual a, a dude who likes dudes no longer is a lesbian individual wait, wait, a woman who likes women yes they've changed the definition what wait what so they have changed the definition according to John Hopkins University, what used to be one of the premier medical institutions of this country. Wait, but they've changed it. Now a lesbian is a non-man who likes non-men. So squirrels, congratulations. You're now all lesbians. We've completely changed definitions. Women don't even exist a non-man. anymore. non-man. Uh, Women are both everyone and no one okay. at all. Interesting. It's ing- isn't this I just fe- amazing? I feel like gender and sex definition is integral to the concept of homosexuality, or I guess it used to be. Because if you're a lesbian, that means you're a woman who likes women, and if you're a gay man, it means you're a man man who likes men. No, see, lesbians I, I mean, are just non-women that like works. non-women. So you know the movie Cars, right? Lightning McQueen is a lesbian because he's not a man and he likes another non-man. So I, think about it. That Toy fit, Story fits the definition. Toy Story. Woody is a lesbian, loves Bo Peep, both both of them not men. I mean, we have come to a beautiful place in which really all of us are lesbians. This and that's is, what Pride Month is all about. This issue is so confusing. It kind of the stage was set for then nominee, now confirmed Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, who famously said she couldn't tell the difference between men and women because she's not a biologist. Well, this is Kelly Robinson, uh, who is part of the uh, far left human rights campaign. Um, she can't answer Ted Cruz when asking if there is just simply a difference, just a difference between men and women. Can't answer the question. Doesn't know. Ms. Robinson, do you agree with Ms. Gaines that there's a difference between women and men? If the question is about trans women... I'm just asking, is there a difference between women and men? I mean, what I can say here is that the NCAA has rules in place. They've had rules in place for the last <sighs> decade, and when this competition... <laughs> okay, okay, happened, I'm, I'm going to try again. The rules were clear. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? It, it's a yes-no question. It is. It, do you believe there's a difference? Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the NCAA. <laughs> no, I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? M- I, most people could answer this very simply. I, I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context of the conversation that we're having. I think that there are definitions related to sex. Is that a yes? So I'm trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get (laughs) a speech. 
Oh, I'm, is there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. Let me uh, ask you this question then. I love your exasperated size, man. You're encapsulating my feelings perfectly. No further articulation needed. Like the just the the sigh. Okay, uh, boys yeah. and girls out I there listening. You, boys and girls out there listening from Central Indiana down to Bloomington. Let's buckle up. It's time for a discussion on how to debate. The easiest way to come to an agreement between two people who disagrees. Case in point, when I taught at Knightstown, I was a conservative teacher. I taught with a progressive teacher who taught English. We had arguments all the time, but we always started from the basics. What do you believe? Once you start at the bottom and you build up from what can we establish as foundational, you can then argue any other topic on earth. But when you refuse to answer a simple question, which by the way, I have a degree in biology. I'm a biologist. I'm allowed to have an opinion here according to, I guess, Katanji Brown Jackson. (laughs) Yes, there are definite differences between men and women you need a gender studies degree to be this ignorant about gender i'm I'm glad i'm glad that you can offer some insight on this issue yeah i have the fancy piece of paper but they Uh, only really want people who agree with well i I wanted to get in especially because you mentioned that there was also uh, some testimony offered by a pediatric endocrinologist named dr zimena lopez or jimena lopez um, provided transgender uh, procedures to children for more than 10 years said she could not answer if males are naturally stronger than women, saying she's not a sports medicine physician. So, you, you know, the old, oh. uh, I'm not a... I'm not hey, a biologist. Hey, see that Didn't car? Hey, see I, that car that's flipped over on the side of the road? Yes, I do see that. Do you think <laughs> that car got into an accident? Well, I'm not a mechanic or a race car driver, so I, I can't tell you if that flipped over vehicles in any trouble. But this time, this excuse is coming from somebody who definitely had to take biology class because they're a medical doctor and they can't tell you the difference between men and women and performing surgeries on children. I'd find a different doctor. I mean, I would honestly just probably not get your kid's loins lopped off. That would be, you know, process number one in the parenting world for me. Um, But you can hear how this confusion leads to Kelly Robinson getting owned on basic facts. Like, yes, she speculates, um, oh, you know, men would never be able to dominate Serena, uh, the the Williams Serena Williams, yeah, yeah, Serena Williams. No one Uh, would ever be able to beat them. They are the best in the world. No, but turns out that wasn't factually the case, as pointed out by Riley Gaines during this committee hearing. I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, And it's just not the case. She is stronger than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, My experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. This so, didn't, go ahead. Just as an, as an anatomy and physiology teacher, I would like to remind everyone that there are more differences between men and women than their private parts and the muscle and bone structure. You have this really cool thing called an endocrine system, and it monitors and regulates your hormones. It is so complex that even we, after studying it for over 100 years now, do not fully know how it works, how it reacts, and how it grows. It is so vastly different between men and women, it is not remotely funny. By the way, the hormone system, the endocrine system, is how we actually determine 
what you are acting as if you are someone who is is considered intersex, like the less than one percent of all human beings that are born uh, with definitive male and female parts. Usually the body leans one way or the other. The endocrine system is how you figure that out. That matters in everything from how quickly your muscles take up oxygen, how fast you're able to swing, your reaction time, what you're able to focus on, what your body sends as far as uh, neurochemical signals. And this is basic science. This isn't even high school A&P. This is middle school stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Well, once upon a time and uh, not so long ago in the sadly since forgotten age when many people could and still knew the difference between men and women, uh, Serena Williams admitted to David Letterman in 2013 and said that, that there is a difference. It's true. It's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster. They serve harder. They hit harder. It's a completely different game. I love to play women's tennis, but I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed after being defeated by the 203rd best tennis player in the world. Like, I, I don't see anyone coming out actually to protect. Well, I do see a lot of people from one side of the aisle coming out to protect women. Why can't we just let women compete in sports and be good at their sport? I don't understand. Why does a father have to watch his high school daughter get mutilated in a wrestling match because there is some mentally ill young man who thinks he's a woman who gets out onto the mat and injures her, as we have seen in both Vermont and North Carolina? I don't see why that's appropriate. That's not honoring to women. That isn't something that respects women. That is more morally and physically degrading than anything else that we could do. Yes, Democrats have degraded this issue issue into a sad, pitiful joke, which is, I suppose, why Joe Biden aptly came up with the title Transgester Americans. As commander in chief, I was proud to have ended the ban on transgender Americans, transgender Americans. There he said it. He said it. It's not me being mean. That is the president of the United States. Transgester. Transgester. Oh, that is, oh Americans. Because it's all a joke. Well, yeah, it's I all mean, a joke. You, we all knew it was a joke for sure when the White House, you know, allowed on fake boobs McGee onto the lawn. And oh no, they said that wasn't a, a usual activity. Well, in they a said pride, pride they, they said that they were ashamed of it because yep. that is not representative of all of Pride. However, when you go to a Pride parade, you see this Simulated exact thing on display all the time, right up there on the float. They're wearing strap-ons. Yep, doing the leather. The upcoming there. Connorsville Pride parade, it's going to have it. The upcoming Corridan Pride parade, it's it's going to have it because you know what? I'm going to be very honest and clear when I say this. The pride movement is not about rights. It is about normalizing sex in public, and which look, it has been since the beginning. And the libertarian in me says, fine, if you want to normalize sex, if you want to celebrate your sexual identity, have at it. Yeah, I truly do not care. don't do it in front of kids. Don't do it in front of kids. That's it. That's all I'm asking. Like, you want to go somewhere, it. do whatever it is, do whatever you want to do to your body. That's your case, your call, your body. Please don't do it to children. Don't misrepresent that this is a so called family friendly event when you're putting simulated sex acts on display well, when it can't reproduce it's time to recruit you're listening so. you're listening to tony katz today ethan hatcher and tony kennett filling in stay tuned for more because the conversation never ends life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Tony Katz today. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's Tony Kinnett. 
If you're a fan of South Park and good food, now's your opportunity to try and sample an American institution that has been brought back from the precipice of collapse, rescued by creators Trey Park and Matt Stone, investing more than $40 million into the resurrection and revamping of Casa Bonita. This Saturday for my birthday, my mom says she's taking me to Casa Bonita in Denver, and I get to invite three friends. Wow, Casa Bonita! Woo-woo! What's Casa Bonita? Dude, haven't you ever been there? It's a big Mexican restaurant, but they have, like, cliff jumpers and Blackbird's Cave and all kinds of stuff. It's like the Disneyland of Mexican restaurants. This Saturday, awesome! Casa Bonita, Casa Bonita, food and fun in a festive atmosphere, Casa Bonita. Who said I'm inviting you? I just think it's hella cool that these two people rescued not only, you know, kind of an American institution that dates back all the way to the 1970s and is renowned, but also a piece of their childhoods. Like, if you had the mega money, the unlimited funds like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, would you do something like that? I would. I've always had a small dream of of running a restaurant. Um, But, I mean, taking some kind of a themed mystical restaurant, I think I would open up Ron Swanson's Steakhouse uh, in Indianapolis. I thought that was St. Elmo's. No, it's not St. Elmo's. It's... um Oh, it's terrible to do that to me They on did a air, whole episode it, where he went to St. Elmo's. Well, to St. Elmo's, yes, but he was in, more infatuated with uh, this other steakhouse based on like a boxer, the Charles Mulligan Steakhouse, Okay, and it's based off a, another like steakhouse in we Indianapolis. We totally need a themed restaurants for Parks and Rec. It's based in Indiana, and there's like no love, no love for the city. Well, it's because I I, I have mixed feelings on Parks and Rec, although I, I love Ron Swanson. I, honestly, I like that. Uh, I like these kind of themed restaurants and stuff. Um, what's the one from Breaking Bad? The the chicken restaurant oh, uh, that Los they had. Los Pollos Hermanos. Yeah. Uh, so binging with Babish, he he's made yeah. some of the recipes and stuff, and that crispy chicken looks so delicious. And I see, I like stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Um, honestly, I'm I'm all for any kind of Mexican restaurant love anyway, because if you're not a Midwesterner that has your own favorite Mexican restaurant, you need to check your citizenship because you're really just, just not one of us if you don't have your favorite Mexican restaurant. I've got one. It's right around the corner here, actually. Not too far from the station, maybe less than a 10-minute drive. It's on the near east side of Indianapolis on the corner of State and New York streets. It's this little joint. It's been there for years. It's actually grown. It used to be a little hole in the wall in a shack, like not not bit much bigger than a RV, and they've now moved into a portion of an abandoned strip mall and renovated it and turned it into the restaurant. It's called La Parada. La and, Parada. Huh. Yes, and I'll, I'll uh, give you a throwback for Indiana residents uh, who might remember El Sol, which also used to be a beloved Mexican restaurant on the east side of Indianapolis that has sadly since closed. But if there's a void left in your heart, La Parada can help fill it. I would say they're they're pretty much on equal footing. It's what El Sol used to be. Now, I, I, I didn't grow up in Indianapolis. I was more of a rural Indiana kind of a guy. And uh, I grew up with uh, Los Amigos in Newcastle. That was the place to be. Always really enjoyed that. These days in Greenfield, we go to Don Rigo's. It's fantastic. I, I could drink house-made Mexican salsa by the pitcher. Just bring it by, leave it. Uh, yeah, it's man. fine. Wife orders an horchata. I'll just get a big, huge pitcher of that salsa, and it sends me to the moon. It's fantastic. We're wrapping up the second hour here on Tony Katz today. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's Tony Kinnett. Before we go, though, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Let me reach across, reach across the uh, booth here. Give you this sample 
Oh, Jeremy's you got one. Yep. The Jeremy's Chocolate Jeremy's Bar from the Chocolate Daily Wire. Bar, the Chocolate Binary. I already tried this with producer Carl on the Saturday show, but I wanted to give you a sample, so too. you're trying what? the he-him that has nuts, obviously. And I, yes, uh, I, I have the he-him bar. Oh, and I'm going to try the she-her. My wife and I have wanted to, to grab a few of these. They're overpriced. It's seven and a half bucks a bar. Now, I brought the four-pack. It does well, get a little a bit better. Um, well, yeah, That's really she- good. It, no, it's not. This is subpar chocolate. I was so disappointed. This no. is crap. Hershey's no, it's is not better. Bad. I mean, Hershey's has its own distinct flavor. This isn't like bad. It's just different. Well, it's not coming through plasticky or waxy for me. I wasn't a big fan. Um, I think they really leaned heavy into the milk chocolate aspect of it. But surely by well, now, see, I, I like milk chocolate. You've so, forgotten. Uh, you've forgotten your outrage because this is back from March when uh, Hershey's launched that transgender campaign. And since that span, forgotten my outrage. I mean, I haven't bought anything from them. Well, you know, my boycotts last. Jeremy, like Jeremy was trying to uh, farm some profit off the outrage there. And since then, Hershey stock prices have only grown, as has their customer base. So it's not a runaway success like Bud Light. That's all I'm saying. You're listening to Tony Katz today. Stay tuned. We got more content up next.